Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Hello! Hi! <laughs> I'm scared. Well, based on that, everyone knows what we're going to be playing. <laughs> I have no clue! Um, I was trying to go for, uh, like, a sports announcer, like, radio. That's what Hello, and welcome to today's Title Blades! Today we're going to be playing Title Blades Heroes of the Reef, designed by Tim Eisner of the Grim Forest and Ben Eisner. It's developed by James Hudson of the Grim Forest. The artists are Lena Cosette and David Forrest, a husband and wife team. They've done Brass Birmingham, Brass Lancashire, Santorini, Charterstone, and it is published in 2020 by Druid City Games. The description is, welcome heroes. Many magnificent contestants have signed up for the tournament, but only a handful will be chosen to join the Tidal Blades, the elite guard of our island realm. To succeed in the tournament and be chosen as a Tidal Blade, you must complete the challenges held in three arenas, rise to the top of the champions board, and protect the realm from ever-increasing threat from the monsters of the mysterious fold. It has been 15 years since the Great Battle. Fifteen years since the Arcanists from the Citadel of Time have made their terrible choice and created the Fold. Fifteen years since the last assemblage of Tidal Blades. The Arcanists folded space and time to stop the onslaught of creatures from the depths, but now new monsters have appeared. The hard-earned days of peace are coming to a close and the islands need protection. The tournament has been called, the arena's ready, the inhabitants of all the islands are gathering, and young heroes from across the realm are showing up to complete can beat to be named a title blade hero of the reef the mechanics are card drafting dice rolling hand management set collection variable player powers and worker placement the box art is uh, uh so F- final fantasy 10 that's yes, yes that's, maybe that's why it looks so familiar that's what i was gonna say it has a very final fantasy-esque look especially 10 um with um basically it's like a, a little a little pier out over a lagoon with some some cliffs and stuff and uh has a very sort of fantasy uh island vibe to it yeah it's got like a mm-hmm. like a jet ski but like a jet ski you would feel like if you know if you were uh <laughs> if you were stranded on a on a desert island that's the that's what your jet ski would look like if you built it like a rat. it's got like a lot of oh you know, it's rat, like yeah mad palm, max kind yeah, of mad max slash like Castaway, um, like water, water world <laughs> Waterworld. I, I have not actually example. seen Waterworld. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> like, so the picture that we took from BGG as like the very center of the board, but like I saw a picture of this box and it's actually like a really big box. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like the, the picture that we have here in the show notes is very square, but it's like a very large rectangular box. <laughs> yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah. So based on all this, would you pull it off a shelf? Yeah, I mean, because I thought I had picked it based on just the image, even. (laughs) The image, I mean, since it does uh, kind of remind me of the Final Fantasy, now that actually that that has been given a name to it. But also uh, the description is really intriguing and reminds me of just so many different things, right? Like there just seem to be so many like kind of sci-fi fantasy-esque images of people coming together, right? To play in an arena, to compete for different things. Yeah, I I think I would pick it up. Like the when I was making the show notes and I put this picture in there so that we could all see the cover, the box cover, like I immediately thought Final Fantasy X. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's actually one of the few few final fantasies that i haven't played mm, but like i'm familiar i'm familiar enough with it that like 
that was the vibe I got immediately. And so I think I would definitely pick it up and take a look. And then I think the the description would intrigue me a little bit, plus the mechanics. Yeah, so I I, I picked. I remember this on Kickstarter when it came out, and I was interested. Uh, it sounded very like I, we'll see how it plays, but it sounded like it's supposed to be pretty story story ish. Uh, oh, the art cool. is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting. But based on that, how do we think it's played? Oh no. <laughs> I know. Well, you were you. I mean, I was curious to. To actually dive into this because you had said that uh, maybe there's some more storytelling elements. So one, I'm going to ask you why you think and how that might then add into it, because as you also brought up, like it is pretty like these are pretty generic, like everything has card drafting or whatever. Right. Like and card drafting hand management set collection just seem to always go together. Variable player powers means we are going to be assigned some sort of character that obviously has pluses or minuses on, right? Like various things like, again, like dice rolling. Maybe it is kind of a D&D almost S kind of idea. Like someone's better at charisma. Someone's better at like, you know, bashing things. I don't know. But how does the worker placement then fall in? I don't know, because we are I'm pretty sure we're going to be playing like specific heroes in a tournament. I'm, I'm guessing this might just be this sort of you go to a spot and do a thing there. I guess they're calling worker placement now, even though I don't know that I agree with that. Um, seems to be the last couple of games seem to have had that where the so challenge is held in three arenas. Okay. So you're trying to become the top champion at the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the three arenas to be a champion of the reef would be? I think you're going to okay. have to write a dolphin for sure. Okay reefs mysterious fold monsters i feel like at some point you're going to have to fight monsters okay while riding your dolphin uh, sure, why Is not there any other way yeah I mean, at yeah. this point oh. no the, because the dolphins obviously are equipped with some sort of weaponry are the dolphins doing flips i mean if you want to win they are i mean this ain't sea world this is real as it gets <laughs> Okay, uh, so what's your worker placement? I'm thinking that maybe in between the tournaments, like you can go to different places to either gain your equipment to, uh, you know, up your dolphin. And yeah, like, so now your dolphin's going to be like super dolphin. Okay, so that's okay. So you're going to have like a round of tournament and then you have like downtime where you're doing some worker placement to uh, to basically level up and then you go to the next tournament. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, I like that's it. What I, I like it. Of. And then, of yeah. course, we're the set collection. We're we're collecting trophies, obviously. Obviously. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, there will be cards and dice to to determine these uh, um, arenas. The outcomes of your right. arenas. Yeah, I like it. Tell us the history of riding dolphins into battle, please. I was well, thinking the history of archipelagos. Yes. So I kind of went <laughs> that route first. So I not really like whole history of archipelagos. I can't even say the stupid word. <laughs> that's why I wanted this to. <laughs> Of the island chains. Um, yeah, because <laughs> it's, you know, geography, geology. Yeah. Um, and it, though it, I have been actually kind of diving into a little bit of uh, geology and land shaping and obviously geography also uh, and how that affects. Right. I mean, again, historian. So I do focus a lot on human humanity and my focus is usually cultural and social developments. So in thinking about like especially some of the oceanic uh, islands that form into these island chains, um, many of them are formed right by volcanic 
activity as opposed to right just kind of the uh, being separated from various types of continental shelves and things like that. Um, and so one of the ones that I've been uh, most currently intrigued by are the French Polynesian islands. And I feel like this kind of works into even thinking about the the ideas here, because right, the French Polynesian islands are like are really out in the middle of nowhere. They were formed a large part um, by... Uh, both kind of um, uh, plate, platonic, right, movement of uh, the undergrounds, but also of volcanic activity as well. And many of them are surrounded by uh, fantastic, right, uh, reefs and barriers that uh, produced both beautiful lagoons, but also, right, great surfing um, and also attract all kinds of animals, which... Uh, maybe, maybe instead of a dolphin, you want to ride a shark. I'm just saying, could be an option. Um, and then the history, especially of thinking about how some of these islands are farmed are interesting because they're not going to, um, originally, right, have, have inhabitants because they're not from some of, right, the, the major continents, especially these oceanic developments. So, in all cases, right, they were uninhabited originally and somebody had to get there. And then eventually you have other people getting there and blah, blah, blah. So the French Polynesian islands were not even um, like maybe 1500 BCE. Some of the early um, uh, uh, Austronesian peoples, right, who also helped colonize areas of Australia and New Zealand. Uh, made their way then to the South Pacific Islands. Okay, so like Austro. Yeah. Not Astro. Sorry, yeah, Austro. Okay, I was yeah. like, that came from space? That's <laughs> that was freaking cool. That would have been cool. Uh, yeah, sorry, Austro. Uh, and then, um, but like many of the like now more inhabited islands of the French Polynesias were actually in the common era. They weren't really colonized until like around 300, 600 of the common era. And then what basically would end up happening is the islands would become overpopulated. So people would right put their stuff in boats and then leave and go colonize some of the different islands. And, and so the, the, the Polynesians who colonized these islands, uh, they were pretty, um, warlike and they fought amongst each other all the time. And so like their leaders were these war chiefs. So it fits into this. Uh, and then they, of course, um, have this real interesting history kind of then with European uh, imperialism and even Japanese imperialism. So at first when Kiwi was telling me about this, I was thinking about, right, like these fights over the islands of maybe outsiders. But if you think about some of the early, like in the 14 and 1500s, um, and you think of the maps of some of these areas where, in fact, some of these islands would have come from, uh, they were believed to have been inhabited by monsters. So maybe it was just really the explorers of the 14 and 1500s were right. And the oceans are full of uh, fantastical monsters. And that's what we're going to be doing here in our game. There you go. What I had said was this game has an archipelago. Japan is an ar archipelago. Japan has Godzilla. Godzilla. You should do the history of Godzilla, <laughs> which she did not go for. No.
So each of us will take the role of an aspiring hero competing to be named a Tidal Blade or an elite guardian of the island. The tournament takes place over four days and nights and we'll need to gather the needed supplies, sign up to compete in challenges and time our arrival to different islands to make the most of our days. The challenges will help advance our characters in the four traits, spirit, focus, resilience, and synergy. At the end of the four days, we'll be judged on challenges completed, the level of each of our traits, our standing on the champion board, our secret goal, and the monsters we've fought. The first player is, drumroll, randomly chosen. Uh, so I thought of the last to visit an island. Uh, the last to cut away with a knife, you know, like a title blade. I think, I think the um, last to have ridden a dolphin. The last to win a competition. Those are the ones I think. Well, I would guess that the last to have ridden a dolphin or at least touched a dolphin is probably Eric. Have you ever touched a dolphin, Eric? Uh, I have. I swam with dolphins Caribbean and then in New Zealand, I swam with dolphins, but I could not touch them. They were very fast and wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BP and I know someone that worked in the dolphin show at SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll say that Eric gets to go first. Okay, so uh, each day is around and players will take turns starting with the first player and going clockwise and they'll spend an action, discs on, an action disc on various activities. Players can. So you will move your character and one action disc to an island of your choice. The three arenas are the uh, Chronusium, Lamara Stadium and Droska Ring. And then you also have the Citadel of Time, which lets you draw new challenge cards and the Fold, where you can fight monsters. So if you are on an action space, you can take the reward of that action. And there are two types of action spaces. You have the open or multiple use action spaces, which have dash circles, and they can be used more than once in a row and can be used even if another character has an action disc there. And then there's also single-use action space, which can only have one character visit around, and the island can still be visited even if the action spaces are full. So you'll take the island bonus effect. Each one, each island has their own unique bonus. Um, like Lamaris or uh, the Chronicium lets you get stunts, so you can do stunts, six stunts Why do uh, that you help say you. Stunts like that. I don't know. Uh, and then if you're on an island that has an arena, you may attempt a matching challenge. So you're going to have a hand of cards. Uh, if you have a card that matches the island that you're on, the symbol and the color, then you can attempt that challenge. So the way you do that is you're going to choose your dice from your active area up to your focus. Uh, and you can also gain more dice by eating fruit. Um, and then you roll the dice and the current danger die. So the danger die is going to have like X's on them. Uh, and the danger die will gain more X's as we progress in rounds. It gets more dangerous. If you roll an X on the danger die, you immediately return a die to the general supply. Or you can block it with shell shields. If you roll all the required symbols shown on the card, you immediately complete the challenge. You get to increase the matching trait with the number of matching symbols on the challenge card. You get to move your dice used to the spent area, and then you tuck the card under your player board. If your die doesn't match the symbols or you want to push it, you can set your matching dice aside and return to step two, which basically you re-roll, but you continue to roll the danger die. If you want to withdraw or you can't complete the challenge, it's over. You get to increase your matching trait for each symbol you rolled before withdrawing, and then you move any dice used to the spent dice area, discard the challenge card, and draw a new one. 
If you go to the fold, you can fight a monster instead, and it's kind of similar, but you get a bonus die for each level of the fighting style. So when you complete challenges, they'll have a fighting style that matches that island, and different monsters will be... Uh, uh, fighting styles will be more effective against certain monsters. So you'll get to roll a bonus die based on the number of challenges you've completed with that fighting style. Uh, monsters, as opposed to uh, challenges, can be fought over a series of rounds and multiple people can fight the same monster. So if it goes down, you will get credit for doing damage to that monster, even if you aren't the one who downs it. Uh, the one big difference is if you fight a monster, your dice don't go to the spent area. They're lost and go back to the general supply. So at the end of the round, we roll the monster invasion die. If the monster invades, all players who don't have hit tokens on the monster, meaning you fought it, suffer the penalty on the card. The monster will advance one space on the monster track. Any monster that advances to the inner reef space flees, and any player without a hit token on it will lose a champion point. And players will be able to refresh dice based on their resiliency stat. Any dice chosen from your spent die area can be upgraded and players will collect their action discs. The judge, who will grant points if a challenge is completed on their island, is moved clockwise. The current leader places a hit token on the champion board. The round marker is advanced, and if it was round four, the game is over. So once we finish round four, players will gain points based on challenges completed, the highest value for each of their trait dials, their rank on the champion's board, points from their secret goal, and monster hits. The player with the most points is the new champion, and the other players are their junior commanders. Mm. If it's a tie, the player further on the champion board is the winner. Then if it's still tied, the player who completed the most challenges, and and then if it's still tied, the victory is shared. Let's play. We just finished a game of Tidal Blades Heroes. Heroes of the Reef. To recap... Kiwi as Dust had 11 title points. Uh, I as Echo had 17 title points. And BP as Cayman won with 20 title points. Boop, boop. Uh, winning strategy BP. I I wanted die and shells. I, I would say mostly shells. Yeah, which I think worked out. I mean, she had a ton of ton of shells that helped her with the danger dice, and yeah. she was able to flip a bunch of die with the spending the four, and then she was able to keep her dice a lot longer than Eric and I were for whatever reason. Well, well Eric shells, and I didn't have a lot of shells to right. protect we, our we dice. We kept losing dice to the danger dice. Basically, if you have enough shells, you can fail until you can flip to whatever you need. Yeah. So, yeah, I think shells is definitely the way to go. Get shells. Get shells. But, like, I don't know. So I don't know if you guys... It was hard to get die. Yeah, it was definitely um, with the limited spaces. I mean, I guess strategy-wise, I, I mean, I was trying to do the challenges that were um, my focus thing, whatever that thing was, my goal. And then I was just trying to do those challenges, but then I was losing so many dice. And by, I think, like, <laughs> round three and four, it was just, I'm going to try to have some dice to do something to fight a monster maybe at the end. I'll be honest, uh, since it was the starting, like the recommended starting uh, special goal, mm -hmm. I did not even look at it until round three. 
And then I was just like, oh, well, I probably should have been trying to do that. Uh, what was the what? My, mine was to get at least three challenges at, uh, the, at the Droska ring. And I did no challenge, but I didn't even look at it until mm. round three. And I was just like, ah, maybe I should have looked at that earlier. I kind of used it as just sort of like a, I didn't know where to start. And I was first player. So I was like, I guess I'll go for this um, mountain symbol thing. Cause that's what's on my card. And I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't say I really like went for it, but it was just sort of like a direction to go. But like right. I said, it didn't really pan out. I didn't come close to getting that challenge. So Yeah. My challenge was almost impossible. Like for, again, like if maybe I had more die for trait cards. I was just trying to get and keep dice, which I was uh, unsuccessful in doing. Yeah. Then I just tried. Then I realized like, you know, watching BP and all her shells, like, okay, I, I was like, I need to get shells now. But by, at that point, I, I feel like I was already too late. So uh, what did you think of the theme? Did you feel like title heroes in an arena challenge fighting monsters? I don't know about like, you know, the, the title thing. I definitely felt like I was going places and completing challenges because there were, you know, rolling the dice and trying to match. And mm-hmm. I think like name wise, you know, they fit with where they were. I thought it was interesting. Like the one I played, the one that was like obstacle course. And then the very next one that BP played was on the same island. And it was like... Net, net climb it was the same picture but it made it seem like it was like progressing through the yeah. the the thing so I, I think like thematically like i felt like it fit with the description mm-hmm. you know because you it was like you know time your trip to the island and do challenges and do them in front of the judge so i felt like that kind of went into it i i feel like thematically it was good though because i did feel a sense of urgency with the monsters Mm-hmm. This is like I need to I need to do something to this monster, even if I don't kill it, so that it doesn't affect me. I, I think like thematically, like yeah, I, I kind of for a bit in there, I thought because like you said, some of the challenge they made me think of like you know survivor games and and things like that, and I was like, this is kind of fun. Like I can imagine like a big like Olympic style event where there's just like all these different challenges going on and different groups running around doing them. So I could see that. I I do kind of wish they had highlighted. Some of the challenges a bit more. They almost felt like, I mean, they were central to the game, but they didn't seem to play as big of a role as I thought. They yeah. Were. Like, I wish they had been more, maybe like fewer challenges, but they're harder to do and a little bit more build up to them or something would have been, would have made them like a little more impactful. But I mean, overall, yeah. Uh, BP. Yeah. I mean, I can get it, but I also feel like, I don't know. There, it was also a lot of like move here, do this action move. I mean, I get the worker plate. Like, I don't know if I'm starting to move into mechanics a little too much, but like, I mean, obviously theme and mechanics, I think without the art, I don't know if it quite got into the kind of heroes challenge as you guys were talking. Like, I feel like if there had been also like, I don't know, maybe other champions or I, I feel like there needed I did not necessarily feel the urgency for competing against each other. Oh, yeah. We were sort of all. uh, Yeah, it was more like everyone's off doing kind of their own thing. But I didn't really like the monster part. Like, imagine if like the first part of the round is doing your worker placement to like prepare for the big challenge. And then instead of the monster part was the big challenge where we all went there at the end of the round and then competed in a challenge or something. I think that would have maybe maybe kind of clicked more. Right. Mm, Yeah. And then that way it would be more focused around doing challenges in this big competition rather than like also monsters. It's kind of like one of those ones like it's it's almost there. Yeah. Like you can see it, but it doesn't quite get it all the way. Yeah. Yes. At least I think. What about uh, Table Prison? It's a little overwhelming, but it is pretty. 
Like the art is really cool, but there are just, I, I swear, I feel like the first 10 to 15 minutes was just Kiwi, like going around on all the components. And I remember like kind of as, I mean, his board was already up before we got into it and just like looking over at it and just being like, oh my God, there is so much. So like, I feel like, I feel like our criteria is always like if you were at a convention and you walked by this, I feel like if I were at a convention and I walked by this, I would be like that. There's a lot like I don't know what to focus on, Um, but it is pretty once you dial into it. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree completely. It's very pretty. It would catch your eye. You'd look at it and go, that looks complicated. (laughs) Yeah, I think my only my only complaint is the art on the cards is very samey. It looks like it's, you know, -hmm. the the the. Card art is the same based on the number of icons and which island it is on. But when I think about it, like when you complete challenges, they go under your board and you're never going to see them again. Mm-hmm. So the the where the art matters, I feel like the art is very cool to look at. Um, the the player boards or that the player boards, but like the game boards where the, the the islands are, they are cut out so that they have a specific layout for where they go. But I, I feel like you could lay it out however you want, which, you know, for for a game that's the size it is, I feel like, you know, if you're able to shift things around to to account for like whatever table size you have, like, I feel like that's like a pretty cool thing. And it's not just like a giant board that takes up a ton of space. It definitely is one of those games where you look at it and you're just like, holy crap, there's <laughs> yeah. so much here. Um, Mechanics, Kiwi? I, I feel like with the dice, I can't remember which game it was. Maybe, you know, uh, Fleet where it was like money was the thing that you needed and money was hard to come by. Mm -hmm. I feel like this had a little bit of that too, where it was like dice are the thing you need Mm -hmm. and dice can be hard to come by. And it's easy to lose your dice if you aren't planning appropriately. And with such few actions that you get to do, like I think it's 12 actions total. That's what you get in the whole game over the yep, course yeah. of, of four rounds. You don't get a lot of action. So if you get to the point where Eric and I were, where we had no dice, we spend a lot of our actions trying to get more dice and that can make it hard. Um, but it also like created decisions that you needed to do. So like while the worker placement um, isn't kind of like your traditional worker placement where you have a bunch and you just place stuff here, you really don't need the the standees. You could just place your chips. And I feel like the standees are just like extra things. Um, but they like, you know, which round you're on versus like, oh, uh, you know, like, you know, if you were like, oh, look, I've got this thing here. You're like, no, you I mean, I didn't use my standee, so I don't think they really had yeah. it's more of an extra thing. Uh, but I thought the shell bit was was interesting because like you're spending them to protect your dice, but then they also like. You, it's like double good stuff from the shell because you spent it to protect your die and then you could spend it again to get some kind of power. Um, so shells were like super powerful in the game. So I thought like, you know, there wasn't anything crazy or like outlandish or a mechanic that we haven't played for, played with before. I did feel like all the mechanics worked together uh, and I didn't feel like anything was like disjointed or weird when it mm-hmm. came to the mechanics. I feel it was a little too random for me. Like I was trying because like you said, it, it kind of encouraged you. Once I realized this is going to be like a brutal resource management game, like I put a lot, I was like really putting a lot of thought. I thought, okay, these are like, you got to put a lot of thought into your decisions, right? 
but then like some bad rolls with the the danger die and you're like wiped out you could put a lot of planning in and then bad rolls or whatever unlucky rolls and you kind of like it's not like you don't just like oh i didn't i didn't complete this challenge i have lost all my dice and start from scratch right yeah, yeah. whereas and then i think as we realized Oh, I guess we should have just had a lot of shells and then I wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> so it kind of, to me, like, it's like, there's a, like a really brutal resource management game in there, but you can kind of just bypass it if you just get shells, which we didn't realize. Well, two, two out of three of us didn't realize. Yeah. I think I realized it by default. Yeah. BP realized it because she loves to collect things. <laughs> <laughs> rules uh picking up the game i think we already kind of established uh was a little rough there's a lot to go on it's overwhelming uh there were a lot of questions on what symbols and spaces mean and things like that probably half the game to figure out kind of what was going on i think yeah and i feel like kiwi was in the rule book a lot and even with that like there were still a lot of open-ended questions like we were asking that weren't clearly answered uh, i'm sure kiwi will talk about the rule book layout but it was looking real just as almost overwhelming a, a lot of go what needs to be going on in the rule book as much as on the board and it definitely took i feel like at least like i don't one whole round, right? Like I think two of the four to really yeah. two of the four, yeah. Because like least. you said, the first round was what two actions, so you kind of do two spaces. You didn't even probably look at like half of them yet to figure yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. This game suffers from the you know some other games that we've played, like Western Legends. I think would be another example where it's just like there's so much you could possibly do mm-hmm. that like every time we did something new, like you know, we had to, you know, I had to go back and look it up. I think by round three and four, like some of the stuff was just like, okay, we, I know how to do this and we can just roll through it. Mm-hmm. But those first couple, it was like, ah, let's go to the section. And then there was no, and I was trying to find it. There, there was no, like, this is what the symbols mean. Mm-hmm. Or even like a, a page that was like, Hey, on Druska reef, you know, or Island or whatever it is, Jessica ring, like, here's the three spaces you can go and here's what they mean. So like not all of the symbols were intuitive. Um, Like the one that let you like recycle cards. It was like a random place that I found like this is what you do on this space. Uh, And then I had to apply it to a different space that had a very similar icon to be like, okay, this is what I think you can do. Um, And I feel like there was space in the rule book for them to do it. They they had some good examples for some of the stuff like completing a challenge. and it was an interesting layout. They created like a graphic novel-esque mm-hmm. kind of thing to like do it out. And I feel like a lot of that space where they could have just used words to describe it. Like it was cool. It was interesting. The art was nice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some of that space could have been used to do like a mini FAQ or like mm-hmm. just do a little icon of like, this is what all the symbols well, mean. The whole last page was just credits. Yeah, the whole, which, which, which is good. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but like maybe the back page could have been a player aid that had all the steps for the game, all the icons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to say of all the components in this game, I think an extra page would not have <laughs> right. like really yes, blown the manufacturing cost. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's the cheapest thing you can add to a game is another page of rules. Yeah, so uh, not the worst rule book I've ever had to learn a game from and figure out, but definitely not the best. I think they could have done some things differently to make it just through audio. I could hear you reading most of that game. Yeah, Mm. there was a lot. Yeah, a lot of reading. 
player interaction. I think it was pretty indirect. Uh, BP fucked me over a couple times, but <laughs> completely not intentionally. Not on purpose, yeah. I yeah. won BP the game because <laughs> unintentionally, because had I not gone and killed the monster and had done something else to get points, then she wouldn't have gotten a bunch of points at the end there, um, yep. which I did not like. As a player interaction, I don't like that. Like Nothing else is really direct like that. So the fact that I fortunately I didn't realize it, but like had I realized it and then just cheated you out of a like a, a solid last round you had by not participating in the combat, like that would have been pretty lame. So I mean I agree. And I think it's interesting because I forget I, I feel like it was Kiwi or somebody had said earlier on about how the monster challenge piece seemed it, maybe it was you Eric seemed kind of almost outside and i remember like the the first round when we only had two actions like obviously you're not going to go there and we're not in a spot to do that and i again kind of remember at the beginning like i don't know there are so many options like once we had more actions and we knew it was going on yeah then i could look at where you guys had gone but really until it was my turn like there's no point in really trying to plan like you could have some kind of idea like, hey, I want to get more shells, like, hey, I want to get more dye, which is always what you want to do. But you have to wait to see where you're going to have your options till everybody else plays their stuff. And I think at one point I was actually confused, like, is this the cooperative component? Because are we supposed to all try to defeat this or not? Like, so I feel like, again, with the player interaction, it was definitely indirect at best. And I also feel like it was kind of confused on, like, how how you wanted to interact with the people, you know, with everybody else. Like the competition between each other was not really clear until the end when the points were being scored, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you really have to you really have to know the victory like how the victory points are added up since there's no victory point tracker like you mm-hmm. would just have to sort of know like this is and you wouldn't know their special traits so that kind of takes that out of it mm-hmm. but I can see some like real analysis paralysis. But I mean uh, in the combat I could see oh BP just like got five points in that combat I can only get one I shouldn't go do that combat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and she would get none of her five points thinking about like your idea where it's like, there's just, you know, you work to the round and then that, you know, that night as the the theme goes, mm-hmm. you compete in some kind of like big challenge that you like built up to mm-hmm. during the day. Everybody has to compete in it. It's not an action. It would just be like the next phase you go. Yeah. And, and then whoever does best comes yeah. out like kind of. Yeah. You get the immunity token. You can't yeah. get voted off the island that night. It's- <laughs> But everybody gets something. So like the amount you do, like I like how the hit point, I like how the monster fight worked in that. Like you put your hit tokens on it and you kind of got proportional points for it. But then like whoever did the best gets bonuses. So I, I like that, but it's, and whoever came in last gets to kill it and gets those. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. I was the last player for a while. So strategy wise, don't go first. Uh, yeah. So uh, based on all this, would you play it again? Uh, BP. I don't know. Like, it is so pretty, and I really loved the description and the idea of it, but I just... And even though I won, I don't know. Like, it was just... There's so many other things to play that are a lot of fun. No. I feel like I wanted to like it a lot more than I did, Mm -hmm. just based on, like, the theme and the idea Mm -hmm. of it. And, like, when I read the rules, I was like, "Ah, I think I'll like this. Um, And I don't think I liked it as much... (laughs) Um, and, and I wonder how much of that was, um, I think I've talked about in the past where reading the rules. So, yeah. Sometimes I, 
like a game less because I'm, and I, I didn't get that feeling here, but like teaching the game, it can be a little bit harder and I might like the game less because I'm doing a lot more work and my, Definitely my perception that, yeah. of how you guys are enjoying it, like changes my view of the game. I don't think that so much happened here, but I would like to try the physical version just to see if like my thoughts on the game are the same and it wasn't like playing virtually. And, and especially like if you were playing with someone who had helped design it or from the company where someone else was like walking you through it first or something. I, I feel like I would definitely want to play with somebody who's at least played it once before. Uh, Cause then I feel like it's uh, everybody has like a better understanding of what you're trying to do. I mean, I feel it's every game and it's, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice, but also like, it can't, it can't because like, the action economy in this game is so much tighter. Mm. It's harder to so like in a lot of games where it's like, oh, yeah, if I played it again, I would do better. But a lot of those games, you just have more like you, you tend to have more actions or you, or you get it earlier. Like, you know, this game only has four rounds. and You only get 12 actions total. So like if you don't get it until round three, you're screwed. I would like to play the physical version. Um, if it was digital again, I don't I don't think I would play it again. Yeah, I don't know that digital versus physical would make that much of a difference. I think for me, it's like I would like to have the the board. Like I would like to play with the because it, it looks like it would be very impressive. And I th- maybe that's more of why I would want to do it, it again. Person is always better, but in just in terms of how it played, like uh, so, I, I don't think I'd play it again. I, I'm with Kiwi. Like I really wanted to enjoy it a lot more. It's one of those games where I feel like it would have. Uh, like a, a simplifying pass on it would have been like good. Like let's, what can we take out of this game? That's making it too much and isn't really adding a lot. Mm. Yeah. I, think, I think it could have uh, benefited from that a lot. Cause it just feels like there's too much. And there's the pieces that I really liked, like could have been brought out more. I think yeah, that makes I sense. it's kind of a game I would like to redesign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is um, title blades heroes of the reef. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do so via email at first turn tabletop at gmail.com. Right there. I know what I'm reading in. Still got hung up. Uh, or we're on Twitter and Instagram, first turn cast. And the podcasting camel, he is like armored up. He is like on the Druska ring, right? Because that was the desert one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he is, he's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how he's, but he's like, he's got like, he's got like this, this automatic javelin thing that's like set up to like shoot up over his head and at people. And uh, <laughs> he is, he's armored. He's ready to battle monsters. And so he's looking and he's like, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games, champions. I feel like this is the cooperative element of the game. I don't know that there is a cooperative element. Yeah, there is a cooperative element. Yeah. Yeah. Shields, so we're good yep, on that you know, front. You have in classic BP fashion, you have <laughs> stockpiled in something. Okay, so drifters. Not in 
impressionistic at all? I don't know what that means. I just didn't <laughs> want to say watercolor. Oh yeah, watercolor. Sure. That's right. It's definitely not. Thing. I would not have said watercolor.